Welcome back to The Social Sanctuary with me, Harvey Morton. Can you believe that we're on episode 5 already? The Social Sanctuary is here to provide you with a break from the hustle and bustle of online life, giving us all a space to discuss the issues which really matter in the hectic modern world. Today I'm talking to Laura Jane Rawlings of Youth Employment UK. LJ is one of my heroes and I've had the pleasure of working with Youth Employment UK since January 2016. LJ, could you tell everyone what Youth Employment UK does and why you've decided to start such a fantastic organisation? What an intro, thanks Barbara. I can't believe it's already been four years, nearly five. Yeah. Um, Gosh. (laughs) just gone it flies by um so yes so i founded youth employment uk back in 2011 when we had a million young people not in education employment or training and i was just a passionate advocate for young people being part of the solutions and to make sure that they were having a voice on their issues and they didn't get lost i feel like often young people can get lost in the noise and rhetoric of policy or employer and charity behavior so i'm i'm really keen to put young people centre to the Youth Employment Challenge back in 2011. So we're a not-for-profit social enterprise. Um, We don't bring in funding. We rely on employers and corporate donors to support our work. So it allows us to be really independent in all the things that we do. Youth Employment UK started during the last unemployment crisis you mentioned. So with so much uncertainty in the world at the moment, do you have any tips for young people who find themselves looking for work? Yeah, sadly, the landscape for young people is going to be really difficult over the the next couple of years there is a huge number of young people who are going to be looking for work and it takes a long time to to bring numbers back down. Um, So we're not expecting, you know, any solutions to come that are going to solve this overnight. So the first thing young people I think need to to do and and to learn as quickly as possible is resilience um, and flexibility because there will be opportunities, but maybe just not opportunities in in the plans, you know, in the sector or the career that you had plans for. So being flexible in your approach and, and, and being creative and thinking differently and outside the box is going to be really important. But so is resilience because you might have to send off 50, 100, 200 CVs before you get something back. So they're going to be really important for young people. And then I think, you know, in terms of finding work, be be the best that you can be at that. Unfortunately, I still see and hear too many young people using bad CVs, not, not putting a personalised cover letter together, uh, not tailoring their CV, spelling mistakes. Those sorts of things really make a difference. Um, we recently recruited here and it was it was just really made me sad to see so many young people just auto applying for jobs because if they're auto applying for jobs most employers will just you know move on to the candidates that have tailored their cv so i think that tailored taking your time getting expert help we've got a load of resources our looking for work booklet which is free to download it's packed with useful information be the best that you can be when you're applying for a job I see so many stories in the media of people who've applied for hundreds of jobs and just not getting anything back. Um, But like you mentioned, with when you're applying for jobs on autopilot with no personalisation, you can notice. So, And you also 
kind of forget what you are applying for if you're applying for that many and not personalising each application. Yeah, sorry, Abby, I was just going to say, and you can tell as an employer that someone's not taking the care. You know, I I really love my business and I really, you know, respect and, and admire the people that work for me and work with us. So I want someone who's going to come and join our company, who's going to have that same level of respect and, and be passionate and show us that they think differently. So auto applying doesn't allow you to show your best self. So it's really important to think about that personalization. Absolutely. So the government recently revealed a new two billion pounds kickstart scheme, which aims to create more jobs for young people and help 16 to 24 year olds back into work through six month placements. But only those on universal credit are eligible. Um, What do you think of the new scheme and are the government currently doing enough to support young people? A million dollar question. Government know the scale of the challenge and we have been working really closely across lots of different government departments to help them think about their policy response. Kickstart is one element of the plan for jobs. So um, Rishi Sunak in the summer announced um, his, his investment into youth employment under the plan for jobs. So there was an increased investment in careers advisors for the National Career Service, an increased investment in work coaches to support job centres, increase in funding for apprenticeships and traineeships and kickstart and i think it's really important to remember there's a lot of different parts to this and kickstart's just one of them i think kickstart's got a great potential to help young people it's aimed really at young people who have been unemployed for a long time and who need that work experience and you know paying them to go on good quality work experiences with employers like us and and you know are you friendly employers coca-cola i know are committing to this and abp and others are really getting behind kickstart and they're going to make amazing programs for young people so i think there's a lot of opportunity but you're right there's also some of those challenges so it's only available if you're on universal credit and we know that 90 percent of young people who are not in education employment or training only 19 percent will apply for universal credit um, so I encourage young people, if you are unemployed, applying for universal credit can be useful, not necessarily for the for the financial benefit that you get, but for the support that comes with having a work coach and a local job centre you know, service that can help you connect to those kickstart opportunities and others. Um, so it is important that it's extended outside of universal credit claimants. And it's also really important that we get the quality right. I don't want to see young people stacking shelves and employers kind of just benefiting from that government investment without really making sure the quality is there for young people and that they can progress afterwards. So I I think we've got to make sure that businesses are holding themselves accountable for creating good quality, meaningful opportunities. Um, But yeah, there is still some, some challenges in the system, but I would say that government... They can't do it on their own. They can't. It doesn't matter how many policies they create. They're not going to solve youth unemployment. It's down to employers. It's down to communities. And it's down to young people, too. So it's all all of us to play our part. So you mentioned earlier the resources that Youth Employment UK has available. So there's such a fantastic range of resources available to support young people particularly around upskilling or creating a good CV. Um, Could you tell everyone a little bit about the Young Professionals Scheme? 
Yeah, thanks, Harvey. And and these resources are so good because we have input from young people like you and the other ambassadors contributing to them all the time. Um, so if, if young people 14 to 24 visit our website and click on the tab at the top of the website that says young people, it just opens up, as Harvey says, a whole range of free resources. There's a careers hub that will tell you about all the different careers that exist in the, you know across the country, all the different sectors from engineering to care to animal welfare, um, all the way through lots of different sector information. So you can get loads of inspiration about careers, read other young people's stories. We've got lots of advice about mental health and finances and, and other things that you need. And, and information on applying for jobs, volunteering, starting a business. Um, I think Harvey contributed some of the starting a business articles too over, over his time as an ambassador, as a young entrepreneur. And then we have this programme called The Young Professional, which is a skills programme, looking for employment or a you know, journey to work programme for young people. And young people can come onto the site. They have to register for the young professional because they get certificates and they get um, extra support when they're registered. But it's all free. And it helps young people think about not just their employability skills. Employability skills are really important. And we have a lot of content and support in helping young people develop good employability skills. But also things like your career management skills or helping you understand where you are on your journey to work and what other things could really help you make good progress. So the young professional, you know, it's going through a bit of a development now. Um, but it is a really great program. And by the time we finish this development, by the end of the year, um, young people will be able to personalise content. You know, if you're, if you're an apprentice and you, you can say that you're an apprentice and the website will give you content specific to being, you know, an apprentice on that journey. If you're still in education, if you're a young person unemployed or if you're, you know, on a training programme or a college or, or university, the young professional will really help you assess your skills give you personalised information and help you kind of make good progress on your journey to work. That sounds amazing. I wish I had resources like that available to me when I was at school. Me too. There was nothing for me either. So, you know, I guess it's one of the things that inspires us to do this is because, you know, we know from our ambassadors that they're still not all getting equal access to good information and good Mm -hmm. support. So by making a free digital resource, hopefully more and more young people can have something that that can help them. And coronavirus um, continues to challenge the way we live and work and young people as, as a group face the biggest employment impact. Um, also getting a lot of negative press at the moment and those furthest from the labour market are disproportionately affected widening gaps in those communities so um, you recently started a drug youth employment charter what's that all about and how can employers support it? Yeah, you're you're right on the challenge that there is for young people and and the impact COVID has. I'm often saying it's not just a health crisis, it's an economic and wellbeing crisis, coronavirus. It's hitting hitting all of us on all different fronts, but young people, you know, have had, have had, you know, thinking about the school leavers this year, those that would have done their GCSEs and A-levels and left, graduated from university. I mean, what a year it's been for those young people, as well as others who've lost jobs or, or lost the support systems around them or lost loved ones. 
So, so yeah, there is a lot to do. Um, as part of our policy work, we work with um, the Youth Employment Group, and the group has identified we need to create a thousand opportunities a day to bring youth unemployment back to pre-COVID levels. You know, that's just huge as a challenge for this country. A thousand opportunities a day. But I don't want those opportunities just to be, you know, as I said earlier, stacking stacking shelves. You know, stacking shelves is an important part of our economy. But young people need to be able to be developed. They need the support systems around them. They're gonna they're gonna turn up for the first time to jobs, perhaps with very little or no work experience. They're going to need perhaps some extra support because they've got additional barriers and mental health anxiety issues. So we need employers to be really youth friendly. We need employers to think about those young people and think about the quality opportunity they can create, the, the, the life-changing opportunity they might create and put those wheels in motion. But for lots of employers, they don't know how to create good quality opportunities. They, they, they don't have the time. They're very busy. Businesses are firefighting at the minute just to survive in, in this economy. So we've created well, the Good Youth Employment Charter has always been with us as the Youth Friendly Employer badge has, but we've made them, we've, we've revisited them and updated them because of COVID and we've made them free to access. So any employer, whatever size, who wants to do something to, to help a young person or wants to be recognised because they are doing lots of good stuff, can now come onto our website, they can read through the charter and if they agree to the principles of good employment, then we can give them the friendly employer badge. We can give them loads of advice and guidance. We can give them access to free webinars to help them understand how to embed good practice. But also when they've got that badge, young people you know, like you, Harvey, can identify those employers and know that when you apply for a job, you're going to get an employer who's more inclusive, who's thinking more carefully about young people. And that's, that's kind of the, the approach with the youth friendly employer badge. Yeah, I know that if I saw the Youth Friendly Employer Badge, I'd much rather apply to that organisation than one that didn't have that, because I've certainly had my fair share of work placements where I've just been making tea and coffee rather than doing what I thought I was there to do, or or where I've been told that I'm going to be put through a training plan, and actually then that never happens. So um, it's great to see that organizations are able to register for the youth friendly badge as well so um i've been an ambassador for four years now and and charity work has always been close to my heart and when i was at school i was told by some that i would never be able to get through a school enterprise competition that i'd entered um, and i was also bullied quite badly and that affected my confidence as a young person uh, thankfully, I did have lots of um, wonderful people cheering me on as well. And in November 2015, a friend of mine introduced me to Youth Employment UK. And I can remember going to an APPG meeting in the Houses of Parliament, which was really exciting. Um, but I can remember thinking, well, I'm not sure if this is for me and what impact can someone like me have on government policy and LJ, you managed to convince me to join as an ambassador, even though I didn't need much convincing after <laughs> the meeting. But fast forward four years, and I've had so many opportunities from Youth Employment UK that I'll always remember. So 
for young people who are looking to volunteer who might be feeling a bit like I was but they they know they want to help and be a cheerleader to others um, especially at the moment when so much help is needed what's the ambassador program and how can young people get involved Oh, Harvey, I love I love to hear your story because you're a, you're my hero. You've come through oh, so much you. and give so much back. You are an incredible young person. Um, and I remember that APPG and that conversation um, with you. And and you forgot to tell everybody you were ambassador of the year in two thousand. I was, yeah. And you're also on our board. I am, yeah. I yeah. didn't mention those bits, no, but certainly no. my, some of my proudest achievements. And, and mine too. So so the Ambassador Programme, as, as Harvey says, you know, is open to any young person, any young person aged 16 to 24. And you don't have to have any experience. You don't have to want to influence policy. You don't, you don't have to have, um, you know, any, any, any set of skills in particular, but just a desire to help other young people and and be ready to share your story. Because actually, you know, we had a big session yesterday, didn't we, Harvey, with lots of our stakeholders. We had government yeah. there and employers there and, and Harvey and some of the other ambassadors shared their stories. And it really helps organisations, government organisations, but also employers to think differently about young people you know that that hearing your story is really inspiring and so it motivates people so actually a big part of the role of ambassadors is to inspire the groups around our young people to, to do more and to help more and I think I think that's an important role ambassadors get involved in loads of different things we have an ambassador coordinator here um, Alicia who is ready to help young people engage with with us and, and, and support them on their journey with us and um, there is training there is a really lovely community the ambassadors get on well and can support each other too and then there's lots of different opportunities coming to events um, writing blogs and articles, um, just sharing your opinion um, and just being part of our community so that um, I can test ideas and theories with you to make sure that we are youth friendly ourselves and that we're not you know, creating things for young people without young people. So loads of different ways to get involved. And it's great for your CV. You know, I think, you know, for Harvey, you've built your confidence, you know, as an ambassador. Definitely. But you've also got four years worth of volunteering on your CV to talk about and to talk about being the ambassador of the year 2019. <laughs> things that, that on your CV will really help when you're competing in a heavy jobs market, having something extra like volunteering and speaking in parliament or, or whatever that is, is interesting and it could be useful for, for your future. Yeah, and I I completely agree. So whenever I've spoken about my ambassador experience at interviews, people kind of sit up and listen because it's not something that many people have. So it's it always makes people really interested that you do stuff outside of um, your normal skill set as well. And, and not many people have volunteer experience. And that's led me to so many paid opportunities as well and when I started as an ambassador I didn't know what I was going to get from it but it's led to so much and sometimes you don't even realise the impact that the volunteering has. And I would say that you probably won't ever know the impact that you have on other young people either. No. So when you write a blog about 
your journey to starting your own business and you know that that can be read by a thousand young people who all of a sudden have got a clearer idea or feel more confident or realize they're not alone because your journey echoes what they're experiencing and you'll never know that you'll never know it's a bit like chucking a pebble in the water you never know kind of how far those ripples go so so it, it works both ways not only are you helping other young people but it helps you in, in immeasurable ways exactly yeah and and out of all the um, events we've been to, if I've heard someone speak and it's been really inspiring, it, it does stay with you as well. So um, do you have any advice for parents who might be worried about how their children are going to cope in the current climate? We spoke earlier about people who've just maybe graduated university or left school and so if they've left education, it must be really difficult for them at the moment. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So we've created a load of resources on the website for parents. So we've got a parent zone that, that again, is free for them to access, uh, providing lots of different articles and advice on how to manage that. I think I think we as parents, you know, I'm, I'm a mum. It's going to be about patience. It's going to be about helping our children to build resilience. Um, I think we can help our children encourage them to use the good resources that are around them, like the Young Professional or the Careers Hub, but also help them to engage with our networks. You know, I, I, I do know how lucky my children are because I'm so well connected I'll be able to help create opportunities for them because you know just as I do for the ambassadors that you know if there was somebody that you wanted to be connected to in my network I would make that happen for for you and any ambassador and, and my children too and I think parents sometimes forget that, that, that they've probably got lots of people they can connect their children to to, to help make those transition points so patients teach help teach resilience Help young people use the resources around them and open up as many networks as you can. They're, they're the big tips that I've got for parents. Thank you. So lots of young people are losing hope as, as their aspirations fall and fears of, of future unemployment are looming. So for young people who find themselves maybe stuck at home, bored, unsure what to do, um, and they might be looking for work. What skills and attributes do you think are the most important for them to work on growing while they've got time to do so? Firstly, come and join our ambassador program, and 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 you know, come and don't don't lose hope. There is going to there is always for every low there's a high. There will there will be opportunity. You know, we we are working with employers that regardless of COVID are creating job opportunities. You know, Coca Cola, ABP, BT, some massive businesses and some small local ones. I was talking to a small business this morning who's in the digital sector, and they're they're creating apprenticeship jobs and using Kickstart to to help young people come into have digital jobs. There are opportunities. Do not lose hope. That perhaps by being connected into a volunteering organisation like us or or many others, there are lots of different organisations, you'll realise you're not alone and you'll realise that actually there's, there's lots of proactive things you can do. I often think just by being busy, it creates new opportunities. So come and volunteer with us and let me, let me help you and let my team help you and our ambassadors like Harvey help and mentor you into something good. So, so do that. But what skills do you need? Um, you're going to need, you know, in this world, young people need really good communication skills. You need to, you know, going to need to be able to work 
from home, just as Harvey is. Um, you're going to have to be able to work in teams with older people, with people from different backgrounds. You're going to have to, have to work remotely, so so emailing, but joining Zoom calls or what have you. So those communication skills are really important. Wanting to be your best is a really great standout skill. Employers often, you know, just respond really well to seeing someone motivated to progress. And, and I think that's that's an important skill, that self, self-belief and self-management. The young professional is packed with loads of tips too. So so it is about, you know, you being smart, using the stuff around you. And, and But please don't lose hope. I do believe that there are going to be some incredible opportunities available for young people too. It, it's just that, you know, we've got to work hard to get you there. Yeah, and and there's so much you can get, like you said, from just keeping busy um, because it makes you feel worse if you just sat there just thinking everything over, especially at the moment as well. Yeah, and there's transferable skills, right? If you're at home and, you know, you can, you can, uh, when when we were in lockdown, but my son is at school, but when, when we were in lockdown, he was cooking. And yeah. My husband and I were working, so he was cooking. So all of that time management and, um, you know, self-management, they had to go through to, to put a family, you know, meal on the table. So there's a load of skills in that. If you journal, there's skills in journaling and it can help you sort of process your, your feelings and your thoughts, but you're, you're developing your communication skills and your writing skills if you you know help a sibling with their homework or you know their school there's lots you can be doing that actually boost your own skills and well-being too and even if you enjoy writing or you're passionate about a certain subject something like just starting a blog is great because that's something just to show employers and you don't have to write loads but just um keeping busy like you said so um talking of keeping busy so as a as a busy ceo how do you like to switch off at the end of the day because i'd imagine growing your team and having so many meetings and responsibilities it's sometimes hard to maybe separate yourself from from work it it really is Harvey um I'm lucky because I love my job I would wouldn't be anywhere else doing anything else um but because of COVID and the impact on youth unemployment, I find myself working six or seven days a week. Sometimes I can be doing a 12 or a 14 hour day because there's a lot to do. It is a tough space. Um, so how do I switch off? Um, I have got a 16 year old and a 12 year old and a husband at home. We have an 11 year old dog and we've just adopted a 12 month old puppy uh, who is definitely keeping all of us busy. And I can't wait to get home actually from at the end of the day to go and, you know, sort of join my family we we sit down and have dinner together and you know come the weekend there might be a glass or two of gin as you would expect nothing else (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) and and I'm really lucky I've got a good support system so getting on the phone to to girlfriends or family members and stuff but but most of it is just about being spending that time with with my family and and I'm very lucky because I quite like them (laughs) <laughs> that's always a bonus <laughs> so you've had um so much incredible success with youth employment uk and you've helped and inspired so many people are there any moments of success that you've had with youth employment uk that you're particularly proud of i think i think it's really hard 
I don't know whether it's hard for all CEOs, but it's it's certainly hard for me as a founder, chief exec. I I don't celebrate our success because the, the job is still to be done. There are still young people who need us, and I don't feel that we've achieved all of the things I want us to do to be the organisation that I know we're capable of being. So so I often I'm always looking to the future as opposed to reflecting back on the things that we've achieved. Um, I think I think for me it's it's the moments where actually I get to spend time with our ambassadors and the ambassador board and just hear, hearing you say that we've made a difference to your life. Do you know what? If if all I've ever done in the last eight years has made a difference to your life, Harvey, I'd, I'd sleep well. I sleep well at night knowing that. Um, I hope we have made a difference to many, many others, but it, it, it's that hard thing to measure. Um, our success is based on young people being successful in this world. And, and my goodness, there's still a lot to do there to make that happen. Yeah, and you talk about kind of always thinking about the future as well. So um, you've faced some huge challenges as an organisation. How have you had to adapt even more to support young people over the last six months. Yeah. So some of the challenges you're thinking about probably some of the financial challenges because we're not funded. Sometimes, mm. you know, we've not known whether or not we can pay the wages at the end of the month or pay the VAT yeah. bill. Um and, and there's been some really dark days over the last ten years. Um you know, thinking that I might have to close down youth employment. You can even though I knew we were doing the right thing for young people, but just because of that financial issue. Luckily, 2020 has been a year for us where our finances and, and last year where our finances felt a bit more secure. We were a corporate social charity partner for, for a couple of organisations and they've really made the difference to us. I've stopped growing grey hair because there was a lot of grey hair um, when money was bad. Um, so that's one of that's that I think that's been the biggest challenge because I find it really hard to to get money out of people for Youth Employment UK because it feels like it's my baby. I think when you're the founder, it's hard to price yeah. and charge your services. I think probably it's a it. lot of yeah, I'm not surprised you, you say that because I'm sure it's the same for you. I think a lot of us yeah definitely struggle to add see the value see see the way that we can charge. Um, but I, I'm learning that, and I've you know I've recruited a good team. We've, we've just expanded this year, so there are now six people full time in the team, and, and we use freelancers as well who are amazing. Um, that's that's been incredible to to have some extra support around me and some really good people, you know, apprentices who are on their journey with us, but they are really committed to what we're doing. So, so you know. My resilience, I think, has been something I've had to build in over the last 10 years. And, and you know, as I say, there have been days where I've gone home and cried and, and thought that we'd have to, you know, we'd never get there. But, but it's paid off. It's paid off fighting the good fight, I suppose. Yeah, and I guess that with, with your role, you've not only got all the pressure of what's going on in the current climate with with youth unemployment as well. It's all the challenges that just come with running a business in general. So it must be quite overwhelming at times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been tough. Yeah, this this year. I mean, I think when, I think I had most businesses say, you know, at the beginning of twenty twenty, this is the year for growth. This is twenty twenty is going to be a great year. And then March came, and oh my goodness, no one could have predicted where we were at. And yeah, so so I've had the challenges running a business in in COVID, but also 
for us, we were, we've become the youth employment expert. And so everybody has been leaning to us quite rightly to get advice and guidance. We've been leading the way in creating policy recommendations with our partners and, and organisations we work with. That has, it's, it's been an attack on 200 different fronts. Um, and and I, should, I should be very glad, I think, to see the back of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... You've got quite a large um, social media following as well. So with all the kind of scaremongering headlines in the media, how do you cope with all the um, doom and gloom? And do you have any tips for reducing screen time so that you don't kind of become overwhelmed by the news or social media? Yeah, I, I really limit my access to news. Um, I, I, I have to tune in at least once a day to make sure that where I live is not in lockdown. But other, otherwise, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm, 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 it's hard to reduce screen time. You know, I, I like I use LinkedIn a lot, as you know, Harvey, and it's important to me to know what other organizations are doing and how we can mm-hmm. help and link things up. It's important that, you know, to see what's going on in policy. The government have probably created, you know, 20 different policies for young people over the last six months. So so I need to stay up to date on what's happening there too. So it's very difficult. I mean, get a puppy. That, and no, don't get a puppy. Don't, unless you're ready. <laughs> Unless you put a puppy in your home is appropriately ready and you can look after a puppy, don't you? Know, gosh, but that's that stopped my screen time because I, you know, normally I would be, you know, before we got Bonnie, because um, our dog, our existing dog is quite old, we weren't doing so much walking with him. Whereas now we've got Bonnie, we have to get up at six o'clock in the morning and walk the dog. Whereas I can't, mm-hmm. so I stopped having a cup of tea with the news in the morning because I have to go out and walk the dog. So there's, she has helped with reducing my screen time. And just that bit of exercise, I'd stopped exercising because the gym was closed and I was working 12-hour days. But actually, she's helped me kind of get back into a better routine of going yeah. for a walk and, and and taking some time out. So exercise um, and, and just be really aware of what you're reading. And mm-hmm. if, it's, if it's hurting you, you know, if it's upsetting you, stop doing it. If it's useful and it's not hurting you, then it's okay. Yeah. If it's not useful and it's upsetting you, then stop reading it make a cup of tea yeah I think that's fantastic advice because sometimes you find that you're reading the news and it is upsetting you but you just do it because you feel like you have to keep up to date with with everything I know I became a bit obsessed with the news like in the early stages of lockdown and I just got to a point where I thought I can't possibly watch any more news (laughs) (laughs) no more briefings no we were all there you know we all went through that we all watched too much of it but you have to, you do have to coach yourself back out of it because you know you just need the headline. You know what is what is? Am I safe where I am? What are the rules for where I live? And, and actually, then maybe that's enough. Maybe that's enough yeah. for one day. So thanks so much for being on the podcast, LJ. Um, and what does the future look like for Youth Employment UK? Gosh, I well, I thank you for having me. I, I love to talk to you, as you know. It's been it's been it's been great. <laughs> what does the future look like? I think I think for us, it's about becoming a real central response to youth unemployment. And I think, you know, if I can inspire young people to get more involved with us, if I can inspire more employers to work with us, and if I can inspire 
the brilliant civil servants, as many are, to, to think about connecting the dots up with us. We will really do something different this youth unemployment crisis because we didn't fix it in the last one. But I think there's some real creativity and will to change the way that we look after young people in this country. And I'm, I'd be really excited to be part of that. So I think that's what's in the future. It's more of the good stuff. And maybe, you know, I might start next year committing to taking my actual annual leave uh, having a break. <laughs> yeah, you definitely deserve a break. And it, it's been fantastic to see kind of Youth Employment UK grow and, and people gain respect for everything that you do as well. Thanks, Harvey. Thank you so much. Wow, I certainly feel motivated after my chat with LJ. She's such an amazing person and an inspiration to us all. If you'd like to find out more about Youth Employment UK, you can do so at youthemployment.org.uk and make sure that you check out all of the superb free resources available on the website and I look forward to seeing you next week for another visit to the Social Sanctuary. Thank you.